And welcome to VSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy Podcast. And it's Thursday, the 11th of November, Remembrance Day. Uh, we're recording this after the, after the two minutes of silence. We had at 11 o'clock to uh, remember, of course, all of those that have died so that we can have the life we have today, which uh, it's a very worthy cause. Um, I hope you all got your poppies. Or actually, I was very impressed by the new blue wristband that I was able to buy with poppies on it. So there you go. Uh, how are you, Paul? Uh, not Paul, Phil. Get your name right. <laughs> I've got my uh, poppy uh, lapel button. It was fantastic seeing the pipe band um, on Liverpool Street Station uh, with the army down there early in the week uh, collecting. So I made my donation. Very good. Okay, let's crack on. As, as always, there's so much to talk about. I mean, this market, for, for any listener who isn't aware of it, is incredibly busy. There are so many deals going on, be it secondary fundraisings, IPOs, M&A. Uh, I have never been, I don't think, so busy in my life. Um, it's very difficult to get more staff. We could do with a sort of 50% increase at least. Uh, and you have to be careful because not to overtrade. I think some people are probably overtrading. We are probably slightly overtrading, but uh, it just means that we're starting at six in the morning and finishing at six in the morning. It's called 24-7. Um, but it is a very active market. Uh, now, we also mentioned um, that we, we try and sneak Sheffield into this podcast. Um, actually, uh, we, we haven't managed to get there yet. But I was sent uh, uh, um, uh, uh, an email to remind myself that the River Don engine uh, was built in Sheffield and it is there. Um, and it's obviously Sheffield is the heart of a lot of engineering and, and things in the UK, but it's also the heart of hydrogen. Um, we follow uh, pressure technologies up there and we, we went up there, but we've got no news on that at the moment. Although I think they'll have figures um in the middle of December, and they may alert us for how it's all going before that. You never know, a lot of companies do. Um, because ITM, who are also Sheffield, um, they announced they're going to build a, a second gigawatt factory for their uh, electrolyzer uh, in the last week. Uh, and whilst uh, you may have come to that in a second, Phil, but whilst on that, there was an, a very interesting announcement out of Ceres this morning, which is they, they've made a small acquisition of a flow battery company. And what they said, which is what's key to us, is that they have recognized, and we've been saying this for a while, that actually to have a fuel cell and to generate green hydrogen, you basically need energy storage in between the renewable energy and the fuel cell, because otherwise you have intermittent energy flow, and that doesn't work for a fuel cell. Therefore, you have to have energy storage, and the only solution really for that energy storage is flow batteries. Now, you know, we love flow batteries, we're massive bulls, Clearly, there's going to be different technologies and that sort of thing going around. But I, I do believe, I'm reliably informed, that Invinity Energy Systems is the only company in the world with flow batteries, not just in production, but actually on site, working and generating to the grid. Um, but that, there was a lot of news there, Phil. ITM, Ceres and flow batteries. I don't even got anything you want to add on all of that. Or Sheffield, for that matter. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the, um, yeah, the ITM power is electrolyzer technology um and so you know it needs needs electricity to uh to, to run the electrolyzer and to, to generate the hydrogen that goes into the you know into the fuel cells as andrew's andrew's spoken about so um i mean i think itm's expansion is just reflecting you know the general momentum now and investment going into into hydrogen generation you know hydrogen hydrogen infrastructure and of course that you know ultimately goes into sort of hydrogen powered vehicles for instance all of the truck makers now are looking at hydrogen powered uh powered trucks and that will need the fuel infrastructure and things like you know pressure technologies which we've spoken about but the the flow on the flow battery side 
I think what's fascinating, I mean, you're right, Infinity now has got, you know, it's commercialising its technology, um, but there's, you know, other te other technologies that are being developed, you know, at, at, a, at a laboratory level um, and other companies getting involved. I mean, like the announcement from Honeywell. I mean, what that shows, and I've been looking at tech for too many years, is that the, the flow technologies gaining wider and wider acceptance and being seen as a, you know, a, a proper uh, a proper solution to the storage challenges. Mm. And I mean, again, I think, uh, look, there's a lot we've, we've talked a lot about in the past, but uh, there was analysis just that somebody was doing something like a trillion megawatts or something of energy um, given off by wind farms in the UK was just wasted because there was nowhere to store it. I mean, that was enough, enough to power a million homes for a year or something. The numbers are extraordinary. And there's just another thing it's worth mentioning, um, actually, so that people are aware. Obviously, in a lithium-ion battery, the amount of lithium you use is not as big as in, say, a flow battery in, say, vanadium. Um, but lithium prices are actually up fivefold in the last year. There is a chronic shortage of lithium. And the other thing to remember about lithium and, and is that you can't basically at the moment recycle lithium batteries, which makes them actually not very green. Um, and lithium recycling is is still really, really difficult. Um, anyway, we've spoken a lot about that. There was some other unbelievable, in my view, which does tie into batteries as well, does that news out today, which was Johnson Massey. Um, I'm fairly with the analyst. You, you say what the news is, and I'll give you my take on it. How about that for a change? There you go. You tell well, us. That's, uh, yeah, so jo well, Johnson Massey's um, it's FTSE, FTSE 100. Uh, quoted company um, uh, materials are best known for for platinum processing, platinum for for catalytic converters for for, for cars. But uh, yeah, no, they they've said that they're um, looking to exit battery, you know, involvement with battery battery materials. Um, and I'm not sure that you probably know better than me the extent of their business in battery materials, and they're saying that it is becoming. Uh, volume commoditized market, which was quite an interesting. Well, I think, statement. yeah, they, they also, for what it's worth, they, they gave a trading statement, which was rather bottom end of expectations, and the CEO has left. So, I mean, the stock's down 18% today. It, it's a, frankly, a, I'm not going to say it's, 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 a, it's a something mess, but whatever word I say, it's going to be rude, and I can't say it on a podcast, but you know what I mean. Um, but look, uh, to me, the keys are this um, that they, they've been developing this ELNON mm. uh, battery, so lithium. Uh, oxide, nickel, or whatever it is. Um, and, and what they've realized is that, you know, that to, to develop things in the battery space, and we've been saying this for so long, takes a lot of money and a lot of time. And that is why we like Invinity so much, because they've actually got there. The money's been sunk. The time's been done. Um, Johnson Massey, a FTSE 100 company, have realized this is going to cost them a lot of money and time, and it's a big boy's game. Uh, they don't have a Siemens Gamesa sitting next door to them saying, you know what, we're going to we're going to do this with you. And likewise, Ceres, of course, have got Bosch and Wanchai. ITM have got Shell. Um, and so because of that, they've, they've given up on it. Um, it, it's, it was a, a blockbuster piece of news that really shot the market this morning. Uh, an interesting one is, of course, that Nano One that we really like over in, in Canada had yep. just announced a, a, a JV with Johnson Massey on the battery side. So are they going to try and sell that battery side on, on as one piece, I think? Uh, so hopefully whoever buys it, Nano One will just move across to them because uh, they can do that. But I mean, it was it was yeah earth shattering news in my view. It, it was, and, but as you say, this market is now very very dynamic. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, that's just funny. Again, we're in the same sort of space and with some of our Canadian clubs. Sieta today made a little acquisition, didn't they, uh, to go on with their um, their motor capability. That was quite interesting. It, it was quite a small acquisition, but I think it was a good one, actually. Uh, and it was very much along the lines of what our, our client XRO, again, over in Canada, although they just got a NASDAQ listing, um, is trying to do, isn't it, Phil? Yeah, well, 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 yeah, it's electrification technologies. Um, but XRO is has just, yeah, it's come out uh, this week and said that is intending to list on the uh, the NASDAQ market. It's uh, currently TSX uh, listed. Uh, X-Row Technologies, stickers EXRO, but they've got very, uh, very novel and highly patented um, inverter uh, technologies. But but their, you know, their tech. I mean, they, they've got specialised tech. The Sieta company, you know, they've got electrification technologies, but it's not quite in this this field and uh, to the extent of what X-Row does. I mean, X-Row's tech allows you to gear electric motors more or less on the fly, rather than having you know two different sets of motors within a vehicle for you know for for, to get the torque and power profile, so it's it's more you know, it's real time real time on the fly gearing, which is uh, yeah it's fascinating tech that that they have. But yeah, Sieta acquisition um, is, is is interesting, and and, it, and it, look, it just reflects a reflection on the growth and activity in this whole space, and I'm delighted that we're involved. Yeah, the, the, the little acquisition maybe was called e-traction, but I mean as a stock, Sieta actually has performed very well since it floated only sort of um, four months ago or so. Uh, has basically doubled. It's it's up four percent today. Uh, I think this whole space of basically how you take an electric motor up the next level, shall we say, um, is is going to be a very hot space and is well worth watching. Um, and it, it's not just just don't think just cars and things like that, or in Sasha's case, tuk tuks, um, but think also aircraft, you know, trains, whatever. It, it's some really heavy duty trucks in particular. Yeah, really interesting space. Uh, yeah. So um, now, have we got anything else that we should be discussing in the uh, in the transitional energy space? We do. Uh, yeah, go on then. Go on then. Well, we, yeah, we do. Uh, we got uh, so we had results out from uh, Folex today. Um, so they are uh, ticker is VLX, six hundred fifty-five million market cap, um, and they are best known being for their. And this was one of our picks of shovels. Picked uh, stocks actually, Andrew had that in, in our notes, uh, and they they specialise in um, connectors, cabling, um, and electronic designs and assemblies. And they, um, you know, are seeing real high market growth in EV charging uh, equipment. So, uh, particularly for domestic charging, they're also working with a number of tier one suppliers into the charging uh, infrastructure tech markets and also uh, the automotive manufacturers themselves. Um, they Other products that they make in terms of this is they go to the medical equipment markets, sort of very complex electronic assemblies that they supply, industrial things like industrial laser systems, factory automation, and then data centers. Now, the, the data centers are gearing up to transition from 100 gig technology to 400 gig. So yeah, so they have, to, they have interims today. Um, I mean, I, I guess of note that they've been acquiring as well, but they'd seen, you know, underlying operating profits were up 30%, um, even though the margins were down a bit. And a few interesting things in this is, is, you know, one, they are, you know, spent note on the analyst call this morning talking about component supplies, components costing, 
about you know supply chain issues and obviously cabling they're using copper as well and copper pricing copper supply so there's a lot of discussion on that so you know uh, uh, but yet they're growing in this very very tough environment and they're saying that uh, you know the current headwinds as we call them in the trade you know difficult issues are likely to cons- uh, to carry on with their second second half of the year but on the uh, on the real positive front they're upping their short term targets um for for profit over the five year plans so interesting set of results from volix actually uh, and well worth investors taking a look at and another is is james cropper yeah, they were pretty good. Revenue up 47%, yeah. weren't they? And actually, profits up 70%. Yeah. this Again, this was in our picks. Picks and shovels note, Andrew, that uh, that we developed. Jay's Cropper ticket is CRPR. Um, and what's that? About 140 million market cap. They make very specialised papers um, and materials. Now, the papers go into the luxury packaging industry, publishing, art, photography sectors. But uh, why do we put it in the picks? Well, they make uh, membranes for electrolyzers for hydrogen production. Um, and they saw very strong demands um, in the hydrogen markets. And so, yep, for their, uh, for their half year September, they had more than double their profits with very strong, uh, very strong revenue growth. I'm, I'm still waiting for the invite to go and visit that. It's down in Launceston, their, their, their business for that um, deepest, darkest Cornwall. So I'm, I'm still waiting for the invite to go and visit on one of my trips down there. Uh, and also, actually, I'll tell you, we had a, uh, there was a little bit of news out of AMTE where, where again, we've been a little bit sceptical, to be honest with you. We'd love to go and visit it. Um, but they they got a, a small grant from the Scottish government. You know, we just talked about Johnson Massey, how a FTSE 100 company cannot afford to develop a, a new battery. They are trying to develop three new batteries, and you're not going to do that off grants. Um, so I've got to say, you know, I'd love to visit them because I'm sure they've got some interesting technology, but, you know, developing a new battery costs an awful lot of money. And I've got to say, actually, sorry, this is a complete red herring. You're going to think, what the hell am I talking about here? But this whole, you know, we've COP26 has been rolling on, hasn't it? And all this waffle and whiff-waff out of Boris Johnson and all his colleagues. I have to say, I mean, look, clearly it's a very serious thing, but God, they do talk a load of hot air. Um, but I have found a solution how to be greener myself, Phil. Ah. Go on. Oh, interesting. When did you last go out for dinner and ask for a doggy bag? Uh, right, okay. No, I haven't. Go on. <laughs> See, you think about it. Food waste is one of the, is a big climate change issue because with food waste, you obviously need more food to be flown in, your expensive avocados that burn up God knows how much, you know, carbon or whatever. And, it, you know, more meat that, you know, the cows generating this. So if you could eliminate food waste, and there is a massive amount of food waste, all right, you actually really do help climate change. Now, by getting a doggy bag, actually it has two good things. Number one, you don't waste that food because then if you're out, as I was on Saturday night, having a big curry, you get a doggy bag at the end of it, and then that becomes your Sunday lunch. Very nice. Saves you food, so less food waste. And it has a secondary benefit. You then don't have to fill yourself. You don't have to feel you've got to eat all the food at the table and eat too much and, and become overweight, having too much curry. So I'm bringing back the doggy bag as a way of helping climate change and also helping my weight. Well, I think that's a fantastic idea. I think, uh, Andrew, you need to set up a company that manufactures uh, doggy bags and we'll get them distributed. Yeah, well, the business may do that. www.doggybag.com. There's probably one already. Actually, <laughs> there is another thing in sort of the whole transitional thing because this, and, and I found this incredible. There was a, 
there was a, 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 a Twitter thing for Tesla and Elon Musk, wasn't there? Should I sell some shares in Tesla? And he did it on Twitter. He has 65 million followers, I think. And basically 58% said yes. So he did. He sold 5 billion so far pounds worth of shares in Tesla because social media told him to. I mean, this is going to change the market a lot if you do all your buys and sells on social media. I mean, it's successful. <laughs> yeah, that was astonishing, wasn't it? And, uh, do you know, quickly on the subject of electric vehicles, did you see the Rivian IPO? Oh, well, it was way past the top end of expectations in terms of price, way past top end of the amount of money they raised. I mean, this is huge now, isn't it? Absolutely massive. Electric truck, electric cars, electric trucks. Yeah, what was it value that they did about 100 billion raised, raised 11 billion. And I'm just reading from the, I must mention the Guardian here, did a very nice, nice Wait, article. What? What? The, the, <laughs> the Guardian, like, now come on. Um, and the, and they, they, they were saying that, uh, you know, it lost, lost 2 billion since the start of the year, delivered just 53 vehicles. Um, yeah, look, it's just extraordinary but tesla have proven what you can do um, and 11 billion dollars of capital i'm sure will get them a good way along the path to, to volume volume production how come we weren't on that fundraise i could have done with a bit of commission on that i have no idea whatsoever but i'm just delighted that we are closely involved with xro technologies who are in this space oh you got that one in again very good uh <clears throat> Let's move. There's been a few, uh, I know, pure tech uh, results this week, haven't there? Um, I don't know which ones you've got, but I, funny, I know um, some of them my mother has in her IHT portfolio that I run, so I did sort of spot them, but I, I don't take a lot of notice from my mother's IHT portfolio. I, I run it on a sort of quanta basis, down so it's, it's very successful. It shows you don't really need the fundamentals, but, ego, but um, I noticed we had uh, Eco, um, which is a, a they won a, the largest ever global secure payments cloud contract, I think. And we like that sort of thing, don't we? Don't know if you spotted that one. Nope. Nope, don't have to. Don't worry. It's got some more. And I think we had uh, Traxxas. I think we talked about before, actually, because obviously it's a, a lot of it is around the rail industry. But again, mm. that one seemed to be picking up. I don't know if you spotted that one, Phil. Yeah. I did, so I did see a uh, quick look at Traxxas. Or also um, Spirant, Andrew. All right, yeah. I one of my stock picks of the year was Spirit. Um, Spirit ticket is SPT, uh, 1.8 billion market cap, um, and they are a now a global, they're UK based, but global brand in telecommunications test equipment, um, and so they um, sell to people that are all the developers of uh, mobile, uh, developers of mobile handsets around the globe, telecommunications infrastructure, uh, and things like data centers, and 5G, of course, is a bit of a driver for them. Um, but they just did the first, they're nine months to the end of September, um, and so their order intake, I mean, to be honest, I was very more interested in this and what was happening with their order intake. Um, the, I mean, the revenue growth was 7%, but kind of, you know, nine months to September this year versus the nine months of, to September last year, uh, it might you, they were performing pretty well through through COVID, to be honest. But it's a, you know, these quite different periods here. But their orders were up 13%, which I was quite, that was good to see. Um, and also that 5G um, is a, 
continued to be a real strong driver for their for their business, which was uh, yeah, which was five G is is really about to take off, isn't it now? It feels like it. I mean, what I think what's interesting about this is that Spirant's kit is used at the design stage of equipment, but also at the field evaluation stage um, with equipment. And with, as I say, with mobile handsets, as well as the transmitting infrastructure. And so the fact that they're seeing, uh, you know, strong water pickup does does start to feel that way. And we've seen 5G handsets launched, you know, I mean, Apple have got yeah. I mean, I think I think, I'm hearing stories even bigger. I mean, basically, you can 5G is so good, you can virtually do away with all your internet cabling and everything, and basically run, you know, massive offices off a 5G wireless network, which you know make life awful lot simpler and cheaper. Less of all this digging up the road and everything that we all get fed up with. I think 5G, you know, it just hasn't caught on yet. Once it gets going, it could have a really big impact, actually. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the millimetre wave tech, which we've talked about, and where you could go, you know, it's like hundreds of megabits in terms of the data streams. You're too right. It's just, I think it's, well, the fact is it takes all of these antennas to work uh, because you've got things like buildings and trees that, you know, millimetre wave can be can be blocked by those. So you've got to have loads of antennas. And, and there's a bit of an element of not in my backyard. But when you look at the amount of CCTV cameras that we've got, you know, for instance, in London, around all the UK cities, you're adding another bit of infrastructure up there, to be honest. And so, you know, let's see how it rolls out. But you're right. I mean, to be replacing all of that copper in the ground and all of the digging and all of, you know, everything else that's needed around that. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you another. I, I see uh, Blue Prism uh, a couple of days ago had results. I mean, I think Blue Prism, it, it's, it's intelligent automation. It's probably what I need. Um, apparently, people try to explain this, and we've looked at a few companies in this space, and it's all quite clever, but it's quite mind-boggling. It all seemed to be good, you know. Revenue had jumped up. I don't know if you saw it quite significantly, but my concern was they still made a whacking great loss. Um, I don't know if you looked at the numbers themselves, Phil. I thought I've done previous. Isn't it subject to acquisition? Oh, maybe it is. Blue Actually, it is. I think you're right. So that's probably why we can skip yeah. over one. Show we don't really know what we're talking about at all, do we? But I just, I, well, I, I just spotted it. I thought it was interesting that you know, um, you, you're right. I think. Uh, well, let's move on quickly. Uh, Oxford Instruments. Did you look at those interims? Hey, yes, I did. Oh, let's uh, talk about them then. We, we know what we're talking about now. Well, no, hey, we do. Um, I'm just wondering if I've got. Uh, damn, I had these run off. Yeah, huh, here we go. Right, Oxford Instruments. I used to cover this as an analyst. I'm very proud to say. Um, and they are, so it's OXIG is the ticker. Um, 1.3 billion market cap. And um, you'll see that the shares have had over a two and a half year period a good run. Now, let me quickly tell you about Oxford Instruments. Been around for many years. Um, and in laboratories around the world, this is a very well-known brand indeed. Um, so they've got real brand power. Uh, and what do they do? They develop technologies for electron microscopy uh, and optical imaging. So this is all very, very, very close up imaging. And I've actually used one of their, Andrea, I've used one of their electron microscopes when I went to visit them uh, to examine a, a silicon chip. Uh, and that's the level that they work at, but also in developing nanotechnologies, in developing new drugs. So highly specialised imaging used in industry, used in, in labs. They've got tech for, for the semiconductors, for depositing layers on semis. 
um, and for advanced developments of semi semiconductors. But so so you know, great British um, engineering, advanced engineering business, um, and they just reported uh, it's on the first half. Uh, again, their orders. And I was looking at this. Is their orders were up eighteen um, percent. Uh, over the period so recovery in spend because remember when you go to the recession no one's going you know i want that bit of kit replaced the finance director's going no can't afford that use what you've got and use it for a while so capital spend gets put on hold and what we're seeing here is capital spend um coming back uh, and they'd seen 13 percent growth in their orders but looking to the actual results themselves you know their revenues you know, revenues are up 20%. They'd increase their margins, which is, you know, in the current environment where you're spending a lot on, you know, electronics and materials and everything, where there's pricing inflation, they'd still manage to increase their margins, which I thought was 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 interesting. Good set of results there for Oxford Instruments. They were, they were good. You have a life, Phil, looking down electron microscopes. What a life you lead. Yeah, thank you very much, Andrew. Uh, yeah. Anything else in tech before we uh, finish off with a bit of brands? Uh, no, that's it for tech. Right. And the tech trans and brands section of it all. Uh, our, our little IPO Silverwood brand started trading this week on Monday. Nice to see it's up 10% already. Uh, I'm told there's quite a few people who we didn't show it to as an IPO. We're like, why didn't you? I want to buy it. So actually, I'm told there are a lot more buyers than sellers. So I think we can see that one going up um, in the next few days, hopefully. SW, sorry, SLWD is the ticker uh, uh, on the Acris Exchange, which we do like the Acris Exchange. And then, of course, the other big talking point this week in the brand space, there's a bit of tech as well, I suppose, in a way, uh, was the Hutt Group, where Matt Moulding now has done a bit of an Elon Musk and said, no, I'm going to come and take it private. Um, uh, and there's a bit of an FCA inquiry. Should he be saying things like this? You know, um, all what's going on? Um, you know, it, it's not it's not good for capital markets, really, when you have this sort of behaviour, I don't think. Uh, and certainly, I think the, the Hutt Group is going to be one of those stocks now where it's going to be actually quite difficult in a way for mainstream institutions to hold just because of the history it's now created of uncertainty so um it's a shame really because you know i dare say it's got a very good business but i my guess is that softbank probably one will come along and take it over we will see but i do agree with the sentiment that you're expressing because the capital markets do actually serve a very very good purpose in terms of, of companies growth and investors want exposure but yeah it's uh, it's having its challenges yeah anyway um that will probably do for this week phil um i hope everybody enjoyed listening to that i hope we managed to give you a little bit of um additional valuable information uh, do come up with another city you want us to go and visit if you want <laughs> or ideas we love we love getting feedback um but um we will be back on next week and i'm sure we'll have lots more new and exciting things to talk about i have no doubt about that and i look forward to it andrew